This episode of Dirty Linen is proudly supported by Mr. Yum. Powerful mobile menus, ordering and payments. For more information, go to mryum.com. It is Friday, the 13th of May, which means it is time to tell you what is on my mind. I think foremost on my mind is that it's International Hummus Day. Uh, People who have travelled with me in food for a while will know that I am pretty obsessed with chickpeas in general and hummus is certainly a big part of that love affair. Uh, It is a great day to eat hummus, to make hummus, to think about the ways that hummus can spread love uh, throughout the world. It is a cross-cultural inexpensive, nourishing, versatile food. And I absolutely love it. Uh, So yeah, hope you have lots of hummus joy today on International Hummus Day. I've had a great couple of weeks. Uh, I've really felt uh, like I've been coming back into myself uh, in a food and travel sense. I've been on a couple of really good trips. The first one was on behalf of Melbourne Food and Wine and Visit Victoria, hosting a group of sommeliers, drink spires, uh, cocktail experts. Uh, In central Victoria, we had such a great couple of days uh, exploring the distilleries, the wineries um, and and breweries in that great region. So around Castlemaine, Bendigo, Heathcote, so much beautiful wine and uh, yeah, drinks culture to explore. Um, One place that I know I want to go back to is Boomtown Wines in Castlemaine, part of an extraordinary uh, mill, old mill, old woolen mill precinct uh, where there's so much great food and drink happening, including Long Paddock Cheese, uh, whose cheese I just absolutely love. Uh, Yeah, it was all super delightful. Um, Tried a lot of Italian varietals, which are, I guess, overtaking Shiraz in the Heathcote region, Central Vic region, and, yeah, just really it's really always so great to drink wine in the place where it's made. So, um, yeah, I loved it. Uh, also last weekend I was up on, uh, the central coast, no, sorry, South coast of New South Wales at the, at the Naruma Oyster Festival. I, I think often when we think about Indigenous ingredients or native produce in Australia. We think about, you know, herbs and fruits and things that are foraged from the land. But Australian native seafood is extraordinary, such a treasure, and I think a little under-heralded. So the rock oysters from those estuaries on the New South Wales south coast were showcased at a a really vibrant regional festival in in Narooma, and it was just... um, it was an absolute delight to be there. Uh, I have to give a shout out to my fellow Deep in the Weeds Podcast Network uh, podcaster, John Sussman, who hosted the Ultimate Oyster Experience, which was probably my highlight of the festival. We tasted uh, oysters from four different local estuaries and they were each remarkable in their own ways, displaying different uh, salinity, minerality, umami, uh, yeah, creaminess, different profiles. And they were alongside an Angazi oyster, so a really uh, intense um, other type of native oyster, and then a Pacific oyster, an introduced species, which is a much, I guess, simpler flavour profile. It's so interesting to compare all those uh, with some Hunter Valley Semillon. Uh, we don't get uh, – Hunter Valley wine isn't – 
you know, ubiquitous in Melbourne. So it's always a treat to try a, a, a wine that's been selected by an expert uh, and matched so beautifully with food. So, yeah, food events are definitely coming back. Um, I was on a panel on Monday night. I was emceeing a panel for A Plus magazine, a hospitality mag that I write for, edited by Besha Rodell, and it was the first live event that they'd done. It was at Perry's Refreshment Bar, which is the downstairs venue from the Black Cart and Sparrows uh, work space, and it was a really awesome venue on the top, a really awesome panel on the topic of all in the family where we discussed the the difficulties both i guess structural society wide and and personal because they're always personal stories everyone's circumstances are different in balancing family life and hospitality work i guess hospitality work is so often you know has that family feel as well but we we explored you know what does it mean um if uh you know your your workplace thinks it's a family you have those those bonds those obligations but then you also have a lot of bonds and obligations outside of the workplace how can that all be balanced what kind of levers can be pulled by businesses by government by people in their own circumstances so yeah real huge shout out to the panelists um Petros Delitis who was a recent guest on the podcast Cara Devine um bar manager at Bomber and author and amazing YouTuber and Bianca Dawson who's the CEO at Sand Hill Road um a pub group which has got the SB um among others and yeah really different perspectives that was all super interesting I'm doing an, uh, another panel. I'm seeing a panel for Worksmith in a couple of weeks and we'll put the link to that in the show notes. That's on the topic of the future of restaurants. Yeah, a little bit juicy, a <laughs> pretty big topic. Uh, so Square Technology Platform has commissioned a report. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting data that we'll share as well as, uh, yeah, a, a great conversation that I'm sure we will have. Uh, I'm also appearing at the Jewish Book Festival on a panel hosted by the amazing Alice Aslavsky and Tony Tan will be on that as well, along with some others. That's coming up in a couple of weeks. And in June, I'll be at the Ballerine Film Festival uh, introducing a French film alongside Margaret Pomerantz and her daughter. Um, the film is called Delicious, but I think will we'll be French, so we'll call it Delicieux. And I'm looking forward to that as well. So it's great to be out and about um, and, you know, having recently had the spicy cough, I'm sort of making the most of my weeks of immunity. I am, as the weather cools, feeling pretty nervous about indoor dining over winter. Um, I don't want to keep getting COVID and I do wish that more restaurants were thinking about ventilation, how they can use measures both um yeah, I guess natural like windows and doors or more uh, mechanical in terms of filtering to keep the air safer for customers and staff. I eat for a living and I don't want it, I don't want part of that to be um, an ongoing nervousness about catching COVID. I've been eating out a lot recently. I love it um, despite, you know, all the above but so a couple of meals I'd love to highlight recently uh well it wasn't a meal but it was a bunch of snacks at Sarai the new Filipino wood-fired restaurant just opened in the city of Melbourne uh from Ross Magne who has appeared on this podcast a couple of times so congratulations Ross on your first very own restaurant I think the flavors 
are going to be so exciting here. I love, um, you know, the roasted pig. There's going to be some beautiful fresh seafood. I think the balance of sweet and acid is something I've appreciated in Ross's food in the past. Um, and there's going to be so much great energy in this room. So another laneway restaurant to look out for off Little Burke Street, just around the corner from Osteria Ilaria. Saucier uh, Morsi I wrote about recently. It's a St Kilda all-day dining restaurant and I think it's really worth highlighting anybody who's juggling the rosters and the ongoing staffing crisis to stay open all day. So huge props to Saucy and Morsi. It's been around for about a decade. It's a it's sort of a, a site that straddles two streets, doesn't quite get the corner, which has got a boutique in it. It's a funny-shaped building and that's part of its charm. The rooms are all a little bit off-square. Uh, there's a lot of timber. It's sort of Venetian timber work. It feels like you could be... Yeah, you could be in Venice, but in fact, you're in St Kilda. It's got a large outdoor area, very popular with dog walkers. And I, the, the menu is more or less Italian. Uh, great pasta in the evenings and at lunchtime. Uh, yeah, paninis are a feature. And yeah, really good coffee, great place to hang out. So yeah, congrats to everybody who is part of that uh, that establishment. Last night, I was over in Kensington, which is basically been torn up by roadworks for six weeks and uh, just uh, you know, need to send my very best regards to Casbah Falafel Joint, which has basically, you know, opened during COVID, got through all the lockdowns, but has now found that this six-week period of disrupted trade has made it impossible to continue. So uh, it's just pretty heartbreaking to think that, uh that there's not compensation or consideration for local businesses who are still doing it so tough. Um, so, yeah, I hope Casbah somehow manages to fight on, but who knows. But I was next door at White Rabbit Record Bar for my mate Jane Rawson's book launch. She's a novelist and I'm so proud and happy for her. But, yeah, what a cool little place, just um a place where you can buy records, have drinks, have some snacks. Uh, it's just so homely. Got a back garden, which um, is good if you're doing the outdoor thing. And I just love seeing uh, these very individual businesses. They're the very opposite of cookie cutter. They are so hand-moulded, hand-shaped and very important community spaces. So congrats to uh, the folks over there. Uh, so yeah, that is what is on my mind this Friday. I wish everybody out there happy eating and drinking. Uh, be kind, be hopeful, be happy, eat hummus, and I will catch you next week. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.